Yep, I did. I was waiting for that to happen. Oh, you did. Oh, no. yeah. you pour, pour, Wait, pour get it back in the, in the can. Yeah, get pour no, it back get in the, the glass. Or chug it. Yeah, or 16 it. ounces. Those are your only options. <laughs> <laughs> get a little scientific here. You already made a mistake. That's all right. Yeah, solid start. Science is all about failure, right? To get to the right thing. Exactly. exactly. I'm just warming up the glass. All right, welcome to episode 34 of the Bruise Day podcast. I am joined by my friends Rob, Josh, and Andy. What's up, guys? What is up? Nothing much. The reason that Andy was able to pull off a mistake in pouring his beer is because we're getting a little fancier for this Cheers Beer of the Week. We are doing black and tans because this episode is going to be all about mixtures, beer mixtures, mixing things with beers, all kinds of different ways to drink a beer that's not just a beer by itself. Like I said, we're going to start this off with doing black and tans, uh, but to be more culturally appropriate, we're going to go with half and halves. I'm going to call them half and halves. Don't want to offend any Irish people. A half and half is classically a Guinness poured on top of a bass or harp, but the definition is basically just a stout poured over an ale or lager. To pour a half and half, you'll first pour the lighter beer quickly to create a sturdy head on that beer, half of that beer in there. Then you'll use the invert an inverted spoon to pour over the stout on top of that. I really wish you would have said that first. I know you should have waited. You should have waited. I didn't do directions yeah. yet. Instructions <laughs> unclear. Yeah. <laughs> Contrary to what most people think, the reason that you pour the Guinness second, Andy, is actually the the Guinness is actually the lighter of the two beers. Even though it seems like a heavier beer, it's actually a lighter beer. That's why it's able to float on top. So now that I've gone through that. Uh, well, first of all, just want to say for this episode, we're doing a make your own black and tan. We brought our own mixtures. We're not just doing the classic Guinness and Harp or Bass. We are doing our own mixtures, whether that's a Guinness and something else. It's a totally different stout and something else. Um, we're building our own. How is the pour going so far, guys? I think the majority of my mixing occurred at the very beginning because I poured it a little too fast as it started coming out of the can. And I missed my spoon. And so it just like pierced the foam and went straight down. And I feel like while I've got some fairly good separation, I'm going to blame the initial like pour uh, for, for the reason that mine's not completely separated. Foam See, piercing I, will, will ruin your black and tan. See, I, I had the opposite problem, Rob. And I blame the video I watched where it said once you had like a decent amount, you could kind of pull the spoon away and pour a little bit quicker. And you should not do that. You Ooh, should I just did not go watch ahead that and, video. <laughs> you should go ahead and be patient and continue using your spoon. Andy, how'd yours go? Um, it looks like a stout still. <laughs> there is <was laughs> That's no, okay. It started sep- it the moment I started pouring. I don't think the uh, one probably didn't pour fast enough and or excuse me poured too fast but also the foam for the <clears throat> new england pale ale that i'm using just kind of gave way like it didn't hold it didn't hold the line yeah new so, england's aren't the i don't feel like the strongest headed beer so i mean i guess it depends on the beer but i'm pleasantly surprised by the taste though yeah that's there the benefit go. is i feel like it every 
no matter how well you pour it, it's eventually going to mix once you start drinking it. So you're still going to get the flavor. Yeah. I just didn't get the visual. All right, guys. So let's dig into this a little bit more that now that we poured these half and halves, tell me what your halves are. Um, Josh, I'm going to start with you. Starting with me is a bold choice. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about whale beer and how that status can diminish a bit based on availability. So as someone who can sort of oddly uh, regularly get Pliny the Elder, I decided to give it a go with Guinness. Um, maybe not the, the natural selection, but I couldn't find anyone else who had tried it online. And I do have a couple of them available to me. So I thought I would give it a go. No idea if it's a good idea. Got to try it. So far, it just tastes like Guinness. But I will let you know as I, as I get towards my mixture. Do you think that the listeners are going to want us to kick you off the podcast? Because it's possible. You, you, you just <laughs> used a Pliny for what maybe some people might view as like a sacrilegious uh, activity. It could be that. That's why I texted you when I found it and just was trying to decide if it was worth it or not. But uh, we're, we're going to find out. It's an experiment. Josh, this is slightly off topic, but I did actually read in a uh, beer Facebook group, a guy asking for suggestions of breweries in Boulder, Colorado. And I did read a comment of like, he like Avery, uh, they named like five beer breweries in there. Like, and also just go to some bottle shops. You'll be able to find Pliny pretty easily. It's like, what the hell? So it's just all of Colorado. Yeah. It just skips all the states you guys are in and comes to Colorado. Yeah. Good for you though. Um, all right, Rob, what do you got? So I've had a lot of half and halves over the years. Uh, and, and obviously I stuck with a Guinness on top. I, uh, for the bottom, because I was experimental on this one, uh, I decided to really just maintain the Guinness on top, but, but try out something new on bottom because that's what we were doing. I went with a, a local favorite and Guinness, as you guys know, is one of my favorites. I went with one of my local favorites here, which is a double half-life. It's by Manhattan Project. It's a New England IPA out of Dallas, Texas. It's an 8% ABV, 50 IBU. It has an untapped average of 4.05 with 5,000 uh, rated check-ins. I thought that the, the sweet flavor of a New England IPA would actually pair well with, with the Guinness. I'm almost to the bridge, although it, it seems to be mixing <laughs> fairly quickly <laughs> the, here. The so bridge disappears. Yeah. At this point, I think I have already bridged it. I, thankfully, I've got a couple more in the fridge. So I think even after, um, this is something I'm going to be testing out i think over the next couple nights just to to see if it holds and and see one if i can pour it a little better uh but also just if uh figure out if if, if i still enjoy it but to be honest it, i'm enjoying it so far it's a pleasant mixture i'm i'm not uh I, i'm not mad about it i i don't uh i don't hate it i'm, I'm enjoying it nice andy what, what did you bring us so i decided to go fully custom so i stepped away from guinness and found a new stout and i wanted to go kind of washington only <clears throat> so my bottom was uh, a beer called airship which is a new england pale ale from sorry andy is yep. that your first bottom or the second <laughs> bottom <laughs> that would be the second bottom the first <laughs> bottom was became the top i'll get to that in a moment <laughs> Uh, Airships is from Mirage Brewing out of Seattle, Washington. It's 4.5% ABV. There was no IBU listed. I went with a New England Pale just because I thought the smoothness might, I guess, pair well with a stout that I was kind of unsure of. 
uh, and, but the, uh, the top, which was my original bottom, which is now was the top is a beer called my dog scout stout. And it's just an American stout from top rung brewing company out of Lacey, Washington. And it's 6% ABV. So we like both beers, pretty low ABV. There was no mixture whatsoever. Well, it was all mixture. There was no separation, I guess would be the <laughs> correct phrase. I'm actually kind of enjoying it. It's like, I get, a, I get some like pininess from the pale ale, but then I get some like the maltiness and it's like, I think maybe because they're both low, lower ABV, they're, they're one's not overpowering the other. So I'm pretty happy with it. Like it's a weird, you know, I didn't think that this would, uh, I wasn't sure how this would go, but it's definitely not, you know, the classic, which I think is everyone's accustomed to, but uh, I'm glad I was able to just kind of customize it to the state of Washington. And I'm pretty happy with my selection. Yeah. So I actually went pretty similar to Andy. Um, I, I went, well, I stayed classic with the Guinness for the top, but on my bottom, I did a pale ale. I didn't do a new England pale ale, but if you'll see, I still have separation, so you can see it's pretty hazy. Hazy, so, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's probably really pretty similar. My, my pale ale is a Sparticle Physics uh, from Equilibrium. I called out Equilibrium last week, so I was pretty excited to bring this one in to uh, half and half. Um, Equilibrium's out of Middleton, New York. This is a 5.5% ABV beer. Uh, it's got a 3.97 average. I am really liking this. It's got like a little bit of a... It's got citra hops, citra and strata hops. I'm definitely getting the citra hops in there. It's adding that little bit of citrus like into the Guinness, which I was a little worried wouldn't be good. And it's very good. It's like a nice, refreshing beer, but also has that little bit of Guinness flavor in it. It's it's just a great mixture. I'm really liking it so far. Um, all right. So now that we've all been able to go through these, let's go back through and just hear what you're, if you were going to rate this beer, if this was just a beer that came like this, obviously it's, we, I don't think we can really rate these on untapped up. But if this came in a can and you didn't know what it was, you were just blind taste testing it, what would you be a rating of your mixture? Josh, I'm going to start with you because you went first. Yeah, so I, I finally hit my sort of middle middle ground. I really liked the mixture. I think we, we had talked about it briefly before we jumped on. The pine um, and sort of the bitterness from the Pliny cut do a really good job of cutting through the Guinness. Um, so I'm enjoying it. It brings a little bit of smoothness. You kind of build into it versus jumping straight into something that is so like palatable. Um, so I kind of like the idea that you get to ease into it. Um, I, I really like that. If we're giving it a pretend rating, I, I'm definitely above like a four. I think I'm four, two, four, three, something like that. Um, nice. Just because I, I like the experience of easing into something that normally like we always joke about it, but it kind of punches you in the face. This lets you ease into that, but towards the bottom of it, you're you're right back into you know the beer that I think we all love and enjoy, which is Pliny. That is shocking. I never expected that high of a rating. I don't know about you, the the rest of you guys. I feel like for me, this I'm kind of all over the board on this because you've got that split. Like I I I really enjoy the Guinness taste, so immediately that's what I'm getting. But as I go through this, it just changes throughout. There's no way that the can is going to hold on to that that split and that divide. So I imagine what I'm tasting is going to be very similar to what I have right now, is which is that mixture. <laughs> let's let's it's call not, it. It's optimal, not really what I meant. Just like yeah, optimal, yeah, optimal, like, optimal, like, like top, rate it as you are drinking. Probably around a 3.4, I okay. think is where I'm going to land. Okay. I feel like the what I really enjoy about double half-life is muted by the Guinness. And what I really enjoy about Guinness 
is muted by uh, the New England IPA. Like, I, okay. there's not like a compounding effect where I'm, I'm like getting both. Okay. So 3.4 actually might be a little bit high, but I'm, I'll stick with that. Remember, you are saying that about those two beers, but do, remember, Josh has a beer in his that he has rated a five before. Ah, he's so, got to uphold that. Yeah. So <laughs> a four is not that surprising in that instance. That's and, true. And I, I will say that if you get your hands on a Pliny, you probably shouldn't do what I'm doing. You should enjoy it the way that it was intended. But if you happen to have a six pack of them, uh, I would give it a go just because it's kind of interesting. Andy, what's your rating? Uh, I'm probably in like the three, six, three, seven range. Okay. Um, I've actually never had either of these beers. So it was like truly like mm. a unique situation. Um, I think if I had, so I didn't really know what to expect going into either of these. I mean, obviously because of my air, I got to try the uh, stout first. I had to drink <laughs> half of it before I could get to the, uh, the half and half. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say like three, six, three, seven. I didn't really have any of the split. So I was just getting a mixture the whole time, but it's, it's not bad for what it is. It, it kind of is like a, it's almost like a, like a black IPA is what I would say it's closest to. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I am probably right around the same as Andy. I like it. It's really good. It's really interesting and fun to try. Uh, the whole reason this subject came up is because I was mentioning to you guys uh, last week, not on the podcast is that my favorite black and tan is a Guinness with a Lagunitas. The reason I really like that is because the hoppiness punches through the Guinness and you still have a hoppy beer that has like that Guinness flavor in it. And it's really good. This one, the citrus comes through, but like, I would love some, I'd love some hoppiness in there. It's not, it's not ideal for me. So I'm probably like a three, eight, if I had to throw out a rating, it's like, like you've all mentioned, it's pretty hard to rate this because it's not just a beer. It's, mixed of flavors so um yeah but it's good it's fun well i i will say that uh on i think it was either saturday sunday or monday i did send an email to uh, untapped untapped support group asking (laughs) if they could make it a thing where you could check in a custom half and half just like they do like tasters they probably hate you for that email. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not how coding works. No, it obviously wasn't that. implemented, but uh, <laughs> it would be interesting to see that be, be something. It would obviously be something very unique, but you know, Andy's trying to get his two beers to count as two check-ins right now. <laughs> yeah. No, no, or it, even it just would, one. Yeah. I mean, technically you use eight ounces each of, of one. Oh, so, yeah. you know, per our, I see per what our you're rules. Saying. half and half. Yeah. I don't know if that works with your rules though. Cause if you mix them <laughs> together, I don't think you're rating either. But then you have two, well, you, you're, the other you two eight ounces, eight ounce glasses left of each beer afterwards. So yeah, you if you have two 16 ounces, you are mm, still there safe. You, go. you are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that beerlytics is that complex to be able to uh, <laughs> figure that out, but it's, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting right there. He is beerlytics. Oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> um, all right. So the only thing I would say on the end of this is like my, my takeaway is if I was going to do this again, the one thing I'd change is I'd get a hoppier beer like mm-hmm. a really high ibu bitter hoppy uh like west coast ipa what what about you guys is there anything you would specifically change like what's the one thing you change one well i think my pouring like my initial <laughs> I, I need to be more careful about how how i pour it uh because I, I do feel like the way that i poured that initial stage really just pierced through the the foam the second piece though is i i do think i'd like to change it with something other than a guinness um, Andy, I, I really like what you did by trying out a local stout. And I, there's so many good stouts out there that I'd love to try, you know, something else and, and try to almost pair some flavors together. 
Yeah, I think, Rob, I'll jump on, I'll piggyback what you were just saying. I'd like to try it with, so I, I went specifically for an American stout. That was just what I was trying to, you know, I didn't really want to dive too deep into the well of like overly chocolate, overly like sweet stouts. Um, I, I think they're maybe looking at trying to find like a, a, a non Guinness, like dry stout. I don't really know, like something about Guinness being like that lighter beer, obviously like mine, there was no separation. So I'm trying just a different, different stout too. I think it's a good pale ale and a good stout individually, but just trying like trying to get a little bit more of that, like that separation. I think you guys heard from me. I, I really liked um, the the balance and so sort of the build into a hoppier beer like, like this one or a more bitter beer like this one. I might even take it a step further and look at something that I, I sort of found overpowering when I when I first tried it by itself. So like a Dogfish 120. It's it's almost syrupy. It's really heavy. As soon as you take your first sip, it sort of blasts you in the face. Doing like trying this, it might not be very good, and and that's that's a very real possibility. But getting the chance if you pour it properly to sort of ease your way into it, I feel like is a cool mechanism for even get maybe getting into to some beer styles that, that you're not super into. All right. So let's move on from the half and half. And while this is the beer mixture we focused on, I want to go to just beer mixtures overall. Half and halves are just a mixture of two beers, but that's not the only kind of beer mixtures we have. There's lots of drinks that are a mix of a beer and something else, some other sort of juice, flavors, seasonings, name it. Mm-hmm. Let's hear about some of the favorites that you've ever had. I mean, I'll, I'll jump in first. I mean, being from LA, Josh, you could probably uh, mm-hmm. piggyback this, but, you know, uh, micheladas are basically kind of like beer with like tomato juice and spices, almost like a Bloody Mary, but uh, just using beer is is huge in LA. And so that's that's a beer that I've, or at least a combo that I've, I've grown up having in LA. And so that would be definitely one of, one of my favorites and just for, I guess, convenience and experience. That's probably the one I've had the most. Michelada, I think is 100% the top of my list. I will say there's a caveat to that. A actually concocted Michelada, not one that comes in a giant Bud Light. Oh yeah. No, those Uh, ones do not taste as good. (laughs) That is uh, that is very true. Yeah, no, I would. I think it's funny that literally it's like a Michelada is just like, there's like you pretty much like know the type of beer that you need to have for a michelada like it's the mexican lager and then like that tomato juice and that spice like that is like the go-to for it like i haven't ever really had it with any other like non-mexican beers and so i i don't think i would enjoy it having like an american lager with a michelada like as part of the michelada yeah the cheater's way to do a michelada is you get Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix. They sell it in like little cans is the best part. Yep. And you just pour a little bit of that into the top of your beer. It's perfect. Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix is very good. It's kind of available everywhere nowadays. So highly suggest that one. Josh, are you happier with your second pour? Yeah, second pour, second time around, lots of improvement <laughs> on, on black and tan pouring. Uh, I'll jump in next. So my favorite, and, and it's partially because I know uh, you guys are into Bloody Marys. I never got super into them, but usually what I could get at the same time was a beer mosa. So the uh, the mostly beer with with a little bit of orange juice mixed in uh, was something that that I just kind of became accustomed to as a acceptable morning beer. What I'd sort of ask you guys as a quick question, 
hazy, juicy IPAs have sort of just turned themselves into that. I feel like at this point, having like a hazy IPA for breakfast seems more acceptable. <laughs> I don't need the beer most anymore. I can just have 100%. a hazy IPA. I agree. Yeah, I would agree with you. But it's, you know, the kind of nostalgia of like asking them to uh, bring you maybe a little side of OJ. Bring me the OJ, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, when I think about beer mosa, though, I can't not think of a brass monk. Brass monk. Yeah. yeah. That's really my beer mosa. <laughs> I almost I almost typed it in my notes, but I was my, I immediately as I started typing, I thought, is that my mm. favorite? Or is no. it just one I've had a lot? <laughs> it's one that you've had a lot. I, it's one of my favorites by memory standards, but not by yeah. like the memory of the flavor, the memory of the situation. The flavor was yeah. terrible because we used to do our brass monkeys the true way with 40s. And a little bit of orange juice, and it was pretty brutal. Kind of yeah. a let's quickly drink this so we can leave and not do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> was more of a we were always late in the of... morning, too. So, <laughs> yeah, nothing like trying to chug one of those between like a group of four people. Not pleasant. Ugh. Josh, the hazy IPA is like it's like a twofold. Kind it's of, one, yeah. it is already kind of a beer mosa already. Second of all, nobody sitting around you would ever know that's not orange juice most of the time because they all look like orange juice. So I might just, just order, order, a, side, a, just of order a side of orange juice and I'm not even going to touch it. Just set it there. And it yep. feels like it goes with the table. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm currently drinking hazy, juicy IPAs like at all times of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I need to start moving those to <laughs> earlier, earlier, yeah. earlier on. Yeah. Breakfast. One, one that I'll call out uh, is summer beer. Uh, and, and specifically, um, for those of you that have been to Dallas, Katie Trail Ice House ha- serves these. I know that they're served all over the place, but it, it's a it consists of Blue Moon, Tito's vodka, and cane sugar lemonade. Huh. Damn, it is phenomenal. I've it's never like a heard Texas of that. Shandy. It yeah. is so delicious, uh, especially in in uh, the summertime when it, you know it's we're we're encroaching or surpassing hundred degrees. Uh, and Katie Trail Ice House is is just a, a local beer garden. Um, they actually call themselves a the Austin Beer Garden style, which is uh, just an outdoor venue uh, with lots of picnic tables and 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 fans with misters, uh, which is a just a perfect setting for a summer beer. That sounds amazing. That sounds great. Um, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> it's really good. I feel like I need to get that. <laughs> What's you, like the mixture of it? Is it like a pint of beer or almost a pint plus like a shot of it, it's kind of in a chalice so they usually the lemonade the vodka in ice with the blue moon turned upside down okay okay mm-hmm. so, so decent amount just, of blue moon yeah oh yeah well they use the smaller like eight ounce beer okay oh so it's kind of like it. the beer garita yeah exactly like Texas exactly version. okay exactly yeah. yep yeah, which actually brings me to my favorite is the beer garita, mm-hmm. um, which I do believe I fell in love with this at a bar that used to be right by my place when I lived in Tempe, Arizona, called Fuzzy's Taco Shop. I, I don't know if I took all of you there. I know at we least yeah, a couple I, of you, yeah. <laughs> um, which was just a giant margarita, and they had that same thing. It was the the mini coronita upside down in it. You got yep. drink a little bit of margarita, empty out the the beer into it, and it was so good. Just to really like one, it was just good a margarita, but two, like you start adding the beer in it, it kind of lightens up the margarita. So you're not just drinking like straight sugary margarita the whole time. It's just a really tasty drink. All right. So those are our favorites that we've had. 
What about some that you've heard of that you haven't had that you'd like to try? I'll well, jump in first because there's two, and I, one of them is kind of related to what we just what we just talked about in the half and half. Uh, but it's actually called a black velvet, and it's Guinness in champagne. And huh. I don't know if it would be good, but I'm very intrigued to like try it on like a more of a celebratory evening. Yeah, just because they both are just like. I don't know. They just, I think they would go well together. Based just you the... saying it, just you saying it makes me kind of like want to try it, even though I agree it may or may not be good. Yeah. So that that's one of them just because it relates very closely to what we just talked about and, and the half and halves we just had. The second one, it's probably a lot more common than I have been aware of, but I would, it's, I in in researching today's episode came across a lot of references to it being called a snake bite, which is just a beer and a cider mixed. And that's not something I've ever had, but I like beer and there are certain ciders that I like. And I think, you know, depending on the style of beer and the, and the cider, I think they could really complement one another. Yeah. I've actually had that Andy. I had that, I, that was pretty popular when I went out to England um, in college and uh, I saw a lot of people using st- Strongbow or uh, Magner's mm. cider, which is always on tap at the pubs there, you know. Um, and I actually saw a bunch of people doing it, and it's very good because I can't drink a full thing of cider, especially those yeah. two ciders because they're pretty sweet um, mm-hmm. compared to some like newer cider, craft ciders that are a little bit more on like the less sweet side. But it's really good because the Guinness kind of just bounces out and it's super tasty. Snake bite also, I think, is a I immediately went to mixed drink when you or a shot when you said it. And I think it's like Jack and lime juice or like a whiskey and lime yeah, there juice. There is a snake snake bite shot for sure. I don't know about that one. I've not Ooh, had nope. that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, similar to Andy, when I went and and sort of was researching, you know, things that I would like to try, um, because for the most part, if if I hadn't had it, I it probably I wouldn't have figured it out. Um, but a decent number of people were talking about beer sangrias, and I feel like they loosely tied to the beer mosa that I just talked about. Um, but sort of the inclusion of different types of beer, um, especially fruited beer or even sours or some of the things that I was looking at online. It seems like there's a lot of interesting combinations where you could use some of the beer flavor to add to the fruit and, and other additives that you would put in, into like a wine sangria. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Just like a summer beer. All right. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So my two, I've got two, um, first off, and there are two that, uh, you guys have already mentioned. One is a beer mosa. I've never had a beer mosa before, but it sounds fantastic. The second is the Michelada. I've never had a Michelada, but it sounds fantastic. I want both of these. (laughs) So they're on my now wish list. It's not would like to try. It's will you have to try. Yeah. I have to try. I can't wait. I'm surprised you've never had a beer mosa or any version of it. Uh, well, I mean, if you're counting hazies or juicy IPAs, then you don't want many of those. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't had a michelada. So we're gonna we're gonna have to remedy that the next time you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, you've spent or anywhere sec- like literal months yeah. in LA. <laughs> I, you never had a michelada. I don't think it's just an LA thing though. I bet no, you they're all not. over Texas too. Oh, they are. Texas is gotta have some good micheladas around. Yeah, I just need to go seek them out. Yep. You have to find one or That's make it. your own. Yep. Make your own. The one that I found, and I actually had never heard of this ever before we researched this episode, and it was just on one article, but it jumped out to me because it sounds so good. One that we haven't really mentioned is a shandy. Shandy's pretty close to a 
Beermosa. Um, it's just probably leans more towards like a lemonade most of the time than a orange juice, but it can be an orange juice too. Um, but I found a spicy pineapple shandy. It's, they say the heat comes from a jalapeno simple syrup mixed with tequila, lemon, and pineapple juices and a pale ale. I mean, every bit of that sounds good to me. <laughs> yep. Not one part of that did not sound good. I read that. I was like, I, I have to try this. So that is another one, just like Rob said. That's not a would like to try. That is, I'm going to make that. That sounds so good. I feel like you should recreate a version of that, but make it New Mexico and use green chilies. If I could find green chili simple syrup or make green chili, green chili yeah, simple syrup, it. that would be really good. That would be better. I agree. All right. So those are the, the, our favorite mixers. We've had it. We've had the half and half. We've talked about mixers we like, ones we'd like to try. But let's talk about just mixers in general. What do you think about the concept of mixing your beer with other beers or other things in general. I know we like them, but like, let's go back to saying, do you think it is, it is right? Like Josh just mixed one of our favorite beers ever <laughs> with another beer to, to, to dilute it. Like, what do you think about this concept in general? Do you think it's a good thing? Is it good to you? Or do you think beer should be left to be what they were brewed as and drinking by themselves? So uh, I actually want to jump in here first because I feel like I might be in the middle I like beer enough as it is. I think you guys would all agree. We're always looking for new beer. We want to enjoy it the exact way that the brewer sort of intended it and, and made it. I'm almost game, though, to sort of try almost anything once. I say almost because I'm sure you guys will throw out some weird combination later in this episode that I do not want to try. Um, but similar to what I did here, you know, it, it's weird. Uh, it's, you know, something that's, that's out of the box, but it also gave me a different way to think about something that is a more bitter beer. Um, so I'm, I'm game to give something like these mixtures a try at least once just to figure out a, if I like it, maybe it's something that I'm, I'm not used to, or B just to think about beer a little bit differently, which is something that, that I always like to do. Um, so game to give it a go every once in a while, but I think for the most part, I enjoy trying beer the, the way that the brewer intended while Guinness probably loves the half and half because we all buy Guinness to, to make them. My guess is, is they would prefer, you know, you enjoy a pint of it straight up directly from the brewery and, and enjoy it the way that it was meant to be made. Yeah, Josh, I'll, I'll add to that. I'm, I'm, pro I'm in line with what you're saying. Um, I do like to try things, but kind of like my overarching philosophy is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. A lot of these breweries make beers that I enjoy. And there's so many breweries now that make unique beers. If you like pickles, there is a brewery in Texas that makes a pickle beer. Like if you really like pickles, great, have that beer. So I don't really enjoy the, like I'm, I'm a more of a fan of just drinking the beer itself rather than mixing it. Because if you want something unique, pretty much kind of like the rules of the internet, it probably exists yep. somewhere. You just have to find it. I feel like Andy, you were this close to saying, if you, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's kind of it. <laughs> if you want it, they will brew it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I tend to agree with both of you. I'm going to jump in the middle. I, I do think that, these these mixes are kind of fun. I think they're fun to try every so often or very like rarely, but I think you need to uphold like the the brewer's intent of the beer that was brewed. 
However, it's fun to experiment and try new things and, and make some, you know, different mixtures and, and see how it turns out, especially with beers that you know, or that you're familiar with, or that you're accustomed with. And, and, and if there's, you know, we, we would not have uh, summer beers or beer mar- margaritas or micheladas or beer mosas if there wasn't experimentation that took place to see would this even work and who knows what it's going to you know result in later on as we continue to do these experimentations so i feel like you you have to continue to mix and and i feel like maybe do it sparingly but i feel like that's going to help continue to push the envelope and 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 keep us moving to find new and creative you know mixtures that we all are hopefully will enjoy in the future yeah i feel like it, exactly rob to build on what you said it, it depends on the beer it totally i'm never depends. gonna walk into a brewery that i've never been to try their best beer and be like will you throw some orange juice in it i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i want to taste that beer but i've had hundreds and hundreds of guinness i've had hundreds of Lagunitas. so if i want to mix those two that's great i've had thousands of Coors light so if i want to put a little bit of Bloody Mary mix and make a michelada with that. Like, why not? It's, it's, it's good. It's, I'm not, I don't think I'm really rude. I honestly, you might be making a Gore's Light better by that. That is one beer that I can think you feel like <laughs> it might be better that way. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on the beer. I, I would never go and get like a good, great beer and just, and especially if it's the first time or if it's even the first few times, I'm not just going to like, dump something else into it. But if it's something I've had a lot and I'm just experimenting, it's a fun way at home to like experience a new drink and try something new. And if it doesn't work, it's a beer you've already had. It's, it's something, you know, and it's, it's okay. Like you can move on, open up another one. You probably have six in your fridge, you know, like a plan. Like, would you, you wouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, Pliny, like a Pliny, right? Like every, everybody just has one around. And they... I would do it with a Pliny. Even <laughs> if they were more available to me, I don't think I would have been ballsy, but I'm glad Josh did because it was a great yeah, experiment. You, and it was very cool. experiment. Yeah. I got to experiment for the people. And what, you do have access to more. So I'll I do have, I, I can't get another one. Wes, I think your, your point was amazing because the, the one that comes to mind and, and we will probably get into it a bit, like four peaks. A couple of times we go, we actually get mixtures because we know the beers really, really well. And there's a few mixtures that we just enjoy when, when those two beers come together. Um, and I think there's, there's a time and place to do it. And there's also a time and place to, you know, for the most part, honestly, the, the majority of the time, uh, my preference would be, you know, enjoy the beer as it was, as it, as it was brewed. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's an interesting one. I thought about bringing it up, but it was kind of so niche for the for us because we know it but four peaks the beer that we really like to do and our our good friend sam started doing is we mix their really good west coast ipa with their standard american ipa and it makes a very very good (laughs) beer so if you're listening even just mixing two ipas together is a very tasty thing to do and it's a fun thing to do but that goes back to what i just said we've had hundreds of either of those so right. it's fun to try to mix them together. Why not see if it tastes better? And honestly, I think it does sometimes. I don't always do that, but I do like doing it. On that same note, uh, so Texas Ale Project was a lo- which is a local beer here in Tech in Dallas. When I was at the brewery, they actually promoted a mixture of two beers: a hundred million angels, which is a double IPA, and the Caucasian, which is a stout that I tried in I think it was episode thirty. And it was almost like a, 
they didn't do a like a half and half they, yeah, like we just poured them? it. They just mixed the two. It was phenomenal, and I really enjoyed that mixture. It was a very very uh, bitter IPA with a, a strong uh, stout that like malt base. Uh, yeah. I think that I checked in on our uh, Valentine's Day episode. So, you know, I think exactly like you guys are saying, two beers that are you know heavily promoted, uh, but it was it was encouraged by the brewery, and I, I thought it was fantastic. But also, Wes, I think to your point, going if I were to go to the brewery, I would not just say, "Hey, those two beers, yeah, let's throw these together and see right. what happens," yeah. right? Unless I had been there, you know, numerous times and was familiar with both of them. Well, and the experimentation layer to to kind of sort of wrap all this up, like the the black and tan or the half and half, that wouldn't exist if somebody didn't think to like pour half a beer and then pour the other piece over a spoon. Like there's also just things that come out of experimentation that just last. And then there's also things that ultimately fail. But I, I think it's, you know, if you're into this sort of thing, the experimentation is still worthwhile for just because of the, the benefits that could potentially come from it. Well, I think that's uh, about all we have for beer mixers. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our unique beer of the week. Hey there. Thanks for checking out the Brews Day podcast. For more content or to leave a comment, check out our Instagram and Twitter accounts at the Brews Day. And for your daily dose of beer photos and reviews, check us out on Instagram at the Brews Day Review. Cheers. And now back to the show. Oh, sprayed my mic a little bit on that. I one. just sprayed. I got my sprayed. Computer. I got oh, some man. Spray. They're spraying right, right through the whales, man. <laughs> All right, welcome back. We are going to move right into our unique beer of the week. This one is brought to you courtesy of me, actually. So I'm excited to share this one to you with you. Yeah, we are drinking. Wes. Yeah, you're welcome. We're all drinking the same one, the unique beer of the week, since we kind of did a uh, a unique for our cheers beer this week. Uh, this week we are going to be drinking the Mile High Wally. It's a triple New England IPA from Renhouse Brewing Company in Phoenix, Arizona, which is right down the street from my house. You've heard me talk about it plenty of times if you listen to this before. This is a 10% ABV with a no listed IBU, 4.36 average with 241 check-ins. Just to give a little bit of background on this, the Wally series is Renhouse's triple New England IPA series. They put these out like three, four times a year. My bias opinion is that they're always fantastic. They never taste boozy. They're always 10%. They never taste that boozy. Really great brewery that makes a, and this series is always one of their most popular. It goes really quickly. It's very tasty. This one is actually the first one that they have ever, their first of the series that they brewed in Prescott, uh, which they just bought out Prescott Brewing Company's brewing facility up there. So they brewed this one up there. They brought it back down to the valley. And this is their debut. That's why it's the Mile High Wally, because Prescott is about a mile high. This one is brewed, or it's whirlpooled with Simcoe hops. And then it is dry hopped with Centennial Amarillo and Cashmere hops. So this one, they do have, I can just, I won't go through the whole description, but there is one point, which I'm excited about, that it says DANK in all capital letters. So that, <laughs> That's that excites sign. me. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited because, you know, I, I've had a few Runhouse beers. Wes, I know you've talked about the Wally series. This is the first of the Wally series that I believe that I've had. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited to try it. Just to make a note off first taste, I am not tasting the 10% ABV. 
I'm telling you, this is how this series always is. It never, it's so impressive because it never tastes like a triple in a 10% in the best way. It gets, they cut out all that booziness somehow. It's always really good. Is anyone picking up the dank like early on? I only really get it at the end as like the lingering aftertaste. Yeah, I get it like midway, mid to end. That's about. Yes. I, get a, I get a bit of citrus. I get a little bit of dankness on the back end of the citrus, and then it kind of smooths out. So it, it's a really easy drinking. You know, we we just talked about it. Ten percent ABV. Um, I, I'm liking it for for that reason. Is it? You know, it it's bringing together citrus, which I like, and the the dankness that I like, and uh, I'm I'm liking it a lot. Yeah, for capital letters dank, I usually expect to not even get my mouth on it and get that pungent dank yeah. aroma. It's not quite there. Um, yeah. It's not quite there, but it's still a very good beer. Um, looking through the the description of it, the, the other thing that I'll call out that I, I feel like maybe helps smooth it out um, is they mentioned they brewed it with a ton of oats. That's one of the like new descriptors that I feel like I've seen on a ton of beers lately and helps smooth things out overall. Um, and you know, I think that is, is helping this one to get rid of some of the alcohol that is, is maybe missing off the 10% and just making all the flavors a bit more smooth than they would be if you, you just called this a classic IPA. I'm picking up a, like a lot of citrus, Josh, you said like a little bit of citrus and I have mm-hmm. to, at least for me personally, it talks about big citrus in the description. And I think they definitely hit that mark. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a lot of it kind of reminds me of a beer mosa because i'm getting so much citrus yeah in this that or because we just talked about beer mosas <laughs> that it's on a lot brain. yeah <laughs> they, they yeah, also that could be call, true they, they also call out you know hop intensity i, I do really like this beer i'm, I'm going to give it a high rating i don't necessarily get a lot of hop intensity but if, if you guys disagree i, I would love to know I feel like at the end, I get a lot of hop flavor, not really up front or anything, but once, once everything mellows out, Settles. I, I kind of get like a hop flavor lingering in my mouth. Like it's, it's almost not yeah. much of a bitterness. It's more of like a hoppy flavor that's just sitting around. That's fair. I, I get that. The average on this one is 4.36. Not that many ratings on it. What, what's your rating? I actually think I'm below the average on this one. I'm probably like a 4.1, maybe 4.2. Probably close a little bit closer to four one. It, it's it's so citrusy, and that kind of puts me off a little bit. Andy, I'm I'm right in line with you, and I, I was actually debating like, <laughs> I, I was at a four two, and I feel like when once you said four one, you kind of sparked me and like you brought me a little lower. Um, we got we got earmuffs for Rob when we tell our our rating. <laughs> uh, I'm probably at a four one as well. To be honest, it's it's really good. Well, you know, I say that, but as I'm, I don't know. It I'm probably like four one four two. I'm gonna settle at a four two. Okay, let let's see if if I can persuade you. So no. I'll, I'll let Wes go last, given he he introduced this beer to all of us. I'm I'm really close to the rating. I'm I'm debating a four three or four four, and the reason for that, and Andy, I know you mentioned the citrus. It's not an overly sweet citrus. It, it's sort of a, a punchy, you know, uh, I'm struggling for the word, but it's not sweet. It just has citrus flavor. And for that reason, it, it's not, you know, pushing me down in terms of what my average rating would be. I, I'm kind of thinking, you know, I, I know the, the 
the rating number is low. I think I'm close to like a, a four three. I could probably go to a four four, but I think I'm at a four three. Okay. Yeah, I, I I guess I would I would respectfully disagree with you guys. I don't disagree with what you're saying. There is a lot of citrus. It's probably a little more citrusy than I want. I agree with Andy. My thing is, if you look at this beer, you're drinking a 10% triple IPA right now. And I would challenge any single one of you to say that if I gave this to you, you'd even know it was a double New England IPA. And that is the reason I'd give it a high rating is because mm-hmm. the brewing, just that in the brewing process is very impressive. The flavor might not be exactly what you're looking for, but that in itself and the wallies that they always do is what yeah. impresses me about them. And that's not easy because I've had a lot of new England IPAs or sorry, I've had a lot of triple IPAs lately that you get all of that booziness and that's yeah. not good. Like that's not what I want. <laughs> so like you, you're not trying to drink a beer that tastes like it almost has a shot in it, you know, and they do a great job of covering that up. And that's, that's why I think I really respect this series. And I think I'm probably right at the rating and I think I will be, averaging right above it at a four four yeah Wes you bring up a good point I mean really one, good point you've had more of this series so you know what they've been going for and for for us that's just really not something that we're accustomed to the other thing that I'm thinking of is like we all just drank like a mix of of an IPA or like a pale <laughs> ale and so from what I just drank to to this this is sweet compared to the the first beer so it makes me think of all the times it's like how do I rate the the like the next beer in the same evening? Like, is the second beer rated differently if I had it alone versus if I had it after a beer? And so I think maybe because of what I drank first, I'm that's like skewing my palate to some degree to my rating now. Wes, are most of the Wallies either double or triple IPA or New England IPA? They're always a triple New England IPA, okay. always a 10% triple New England IPA. And they always have that smoothness, which is probably why you're you're super accustomed to it. Exactly. Strong. But but like to your to what you guys are saying, like this is a very citrusy version, and they're not always like that. They 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 tend to with what is really impressive about this series and probably why I like it more and, and I know it more is because I actually, in my personal opinion, when you get to a triple new triple IPA in general, even a triple New England IPA, I think it gets so hard to get like good flavors in there mm-hmm. because people are trying to cover up that booziness. And somehow they cover up this booziness and give you like a very different IPA every time, which I don't think is the easiest thing to do with such a boozy beer. So it's just, I, I just really enjoy this series. I feel like Wes just talked me up from 4.3 to 4.4. <laughs> he is a good salesman yeah, exactly because they I should hire him i know or sponsor yeah. him <laughs> i feel like every time he talks I'm, I'm ready to give it another you know keep bumping <laughs> it up and then i taste it and i'll be honest and then i get the citrus notes and i i feel like it it, it just brings me back a little bit um i do respect the fact that this is a triple ipa that's really covering the the booziness that's included in this in this beer which is fantastic but i also feel like if i if i were to drink this blindly i have to also note that you know it there's something about it that i'm not really enjoying and i think it's just the the way that how much citrus is included in the beer yeah yeah, I and I, I'm not saying you guys yeah. are wrong. I'm just telling you why I like like this series, and I'm I'm really happy that I was able to get in front of you guys 
And I'm really excited to get more in front of you so you can kind of keep experiencing this because you'll see that they always do that cover up of the booziness and it's a different beer. So I agree. This isn't my favorite of the series, but I, I do think I'm up with that average um, just because it's, 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 it's an impressive thing that they do. And I feel like I just, it's more out of respect for the brewing process than it is of my specific love for this beer. And Rob, you're absolutely right. If I was blind taste testing this, I probably wouldn't be where I am, but I do know the exact stats of this beer and know where it's what it is. So it makes it allow, like it allows me to like understand that a little bit more. Yeah. And, and Wes, it's you, my home brewer. So, and, and Wes, <laughs> you, you've talked about this, obviously the brewery a lot in this series a lot, and there's a lot of credibility here. Just, you know, I'm really stoked to try anything run house because of what you've told us about it. And certainly this series, I'm really excited to continue to try this series. I just hope that they can start distributing to Texas because it'd be great if they can, <laughs> they can, you know, it's something that's yeah, readily available personally yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, now that, now that they are brewing out of Prescott and they have a brewing facility, the hope is that they will, that what their hope is, is that they'll be able to go statewide and then hopefully expand. So there might be a time where it does actually ship to you without your secret beer, secret beer Santa. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, once again, I'm just happy you guys could try some rent house. I'm happy to get, I'm, I'm excited to get it in front of you again. Next time the Wally comes out, I will ship it back out. I think I'm going to make that, like I said, they do it like three, three plus times a year. I think I'm going to start making a habit of just shipping it out to you guys so you can share it with me. Um, also because I probably shouldn't just down three or down four triple IPAs by myself. So it's better to share them with you anyway. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> I can make an argument both ways. All right. So let's move on to this week's big board. First, we'll recap last week's last week. We did the NBA. We did three games. We did the Rockets first Kings, the Warriors versus the Clippers and the Suns versus the Trailblazers. Uh, our tiebreaker was total points scored. So in the first game, Kings beat the Rockets 125 to 105. The second game, Clippers beat the Warriors 130 to 104. And in the third game, the Suns beat the Trailblazers 127 to 121. Some so high-scoring games. What West, happened to defense in the NBA? Uh, well, we, Where we, did we don't know. But I, I don't want to make Wes announce this himself, but I feel like you're on a like three-game first-place streak. He's crushing it. It's actually four. Four, four, what, four. We'll just move streak. past that, guys. I yeah. four games. I picked them all correctly. I might have done the best tiebreaker. I'm feeling yeah. pretty happy. Once again, I don't want to say much because I don't want to break it. And I'm just happy <laughs> I don't suck like last yeah. season. So we'll move on. I was number one. Uh, number two was actually Josh, who picked Rockets, Warriors. Uh, who both lost, but then he did get the Suns, Suns correctly. So he got one pick correctly, but he, which is the same as Rob. Sub, Rob actually only picked the Kings correctly. Uh, so they're both one and two, but Josh got the tiebreaker. He, uh, did you, were you this the last to go? And did you price his right at the top? Yeah, I, I did. I, I fully price his right it. So based on math, I had originally thrown in 690. You threw out 690 first, and I sort of just based my number on the rest of you. Um, so I, I was glad that I, I was leaning on the higher side. 
And I'm going to leave it at that because I'm honestly still dead last. This didn't help me at all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, prices righted Rob on the tiebreaker by one. It, they were both a little under it, but Josh went one over him. So he beat Rob on that. Rob was third, obviously. And then there's our friend Andy who got uh, went 0-3 and was actually farthest away on the tiebreaker, too. So I don't want to, like, throw salt in the wound, but I'm just throwing it out there. You're still in third place. Somehow, some way. Overall. Yeah, so to go over the overall standings, <laughs> Josh, like he's mentioned, is dead last. Uh, Andy is actually in third place. I do believe it is a very close race between second and third. Yes, Rob is, is yeah. narrowly beating Andy in second place, and then I am in first place. By Still not sure By how a it's happened, but By a lot. I'm happy it is. I might need the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I think this season does end. Uh, it is it. It's coming up. It's it's coming up very it's soon. Pretty soon, yeah. I, I would love that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Get a, just claim victory. Yeah, just claim the season. Uh-huh. Walk away. Um, all right. So this week we are moving to the game of rugby. We're doing the Six Nations Championship, and we're doing the Saturday games this week. The three games that we have are Scotland versus Italy, Ireland versus England and France versus Wales. Uh, and the tiebreaker is once again going to be total points scored across all three games. Ooh, that's tough. I will be going first. I don't really know what I'm talking about here, believe it or not, but I am just going to throw the picks out there. Um, I'm going Scotland over Italy. Both are not great. They're both at the bottom of the tables, but Italy has not won a single one of their last five games. Scotland's won a whole one of their last five games. So I'm going with them. I think they're going to pull it out. Um, I'll go England over Ireland, and I'm going Wales over France. Total points, I'm going 160. Ooh, taking the high line again. Wes, I really like those picks. Those hey, are great thank picks. You. Great, thank you. All right, so Josh, since you were second last week, you are going next. All right, I uh, I went a little bit of a different direction. So I went Italy over Scotland. I feel like they're due. Um, I went Ireland over England. And I'm going Wales over France. And I am going to go on the lower end. I'm going to go 140 as the uh, tiebreaker, leaving lots of space for the, uh, the other two. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Rob, you were third. You're going next. All right. So I'm going to follow suit Wes and uh, take Scotland over Italy. Italy has had a very, very poor showing this season. And and I just feel like it, it's not going to, they're not going to close it out. I'm going to take Ireland over England. I'm hoping that uh, with St. Patty's day, it's going to give them the boost that they need. Also that it's at home. So hopefully that will will also help them. And then I'm going with Wales over France. Wales has been dominant this season, and I, I think they're just going to close it out. My tiebreaker tie is going to be 150 points. So r- right smack dab in the middle between the two of you. Really opens the tiebreaker for Andy. All right, Andy, you are next. All right, so uh, I'm – Wes, I'm aligning with you uh, on your picks because uh, I'm at least giving myself a chance. You're on hot streak, (laughs) so I'm going to ride that wave and see if I can get a pick up a victory based on tiebreaker. 
So I'm going Scotland over Italy. I don't, Italy hasn't scored more than like 15 points in every match and they're just getting blown out. So Scotland, I'm picking England over Ireland and then I'm picking Wales because they're, they've been dominating this entire tournament. And then I'm picking uh, kind of right on the average when you just do the math, I'm doing 142 points. So I'm kind of, um, Price is writing Josh a little bit. Price is writing Josh, but you went with your pick. That um, it looks like you're going with the number you already had written down. Oh yes, yeah. Nice. I'm glad no okay. one selected it. Well, we will see. I'm excited to see how this one turns out. And no Andy, one went draw. Andy did give me a little bit of a of a kick. I said 160, and he said, "Whoa, you're going high again." So I'm feeling good, feeling yeah. confident. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate Way it. On MBA. Andy. <laughs> Kind of chill on that. <laughs> I have to just praise everything he does. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the lightning round. We're going to stick with our beer mixtures theme of the episode. Each I asked each one of you to come up with a wild idea for a beer mixture. Give me something you've never had or never heard of, but it sounds good to you. Or maybe it doesn't even sound good to you. Just give me a wild idea for a beer mixture. Andy, I'm going with you first. All right. So the closest thing I could come to this, this is where I took my inspiration from, but I started with a BLT. So everyone knows we got bacon, we got lettuce and we got tomato. So for this combo, your, your two beverages are going to be a fresh hop double IPA, which is going to give you the kind of like lettuce, that green. I like it already. You're going to get kind of like a tomato beer, which they do exist. There are beers that are made with tomato puree. And so you have that. And then you would have um, on the rim, you would have bacon salt and then a stick of bacon in the beverage. So that that's the BLT. Andy, I'm in. I, I think sounds it sounds great. Good. That sounds amazing. I'm we so have, in. We, we might have that one of these weeks. Yeah, uh, seriously. Just, can just we do that out. for our uh, cheers beer next week? <laughs> yeah. All right, Josh, I'm going with you next. All right, so I, uh, it, especially when I got started getting into whiskey, I enjoyed whiskey sours. And what my suggestion would be is I enjoy a bullet rye bourbon. And then my suggestion would be maybe a shot or two of a your preferred sour beer to sort of float it or on top of it and kind of create an on ice whiskey sour but rather than using the lemon or the lime or, or some of the traditional versions, picking out some of your favorite sour, you know, beers, sour IPAs and floating that on top and, and seeing if you can get some interesting flavors out of it. Ah, huh, okay. That is very interesting. Might I, be bad. I don't I, know. I think, <laughs> I think that the sour selection would be key. It would be very yeah. key. Yeah. I, I would try it. I will say I would definitely try. Wait, so just just to confirm, Josh, you would have a shot of whiskey and a shot of a sour? Or is uh, it like, what's the it's, combo? It's probably like, uh, I'm a big fan of bullet rye whiskey. It's probably two shots of bullet rye and maybe a shot, maybe a shot and a half of your, your sour, your sour beer, sour IPA um, mixed into that so that most of the flavor is still going to be a, a rye whiskey. Nice. Okay. Uh, Rob, what do you got for us? I'm going to go with an, with an actual oyster and stout blend. So oyster stouts are a real thing. 
there's there's oyster stouts that are brewed with stout beer and the taste and aroma of oysters it exists if i've never had one but i'm i do have it on my wish list i think that this is something that we should all try oysters obviously have a very and? distinct like taste to them stouts do as well and there's a lot of people that try them and pair them and it works really really well this is something i have I'm going to keep on my, on my wish list and I'm throwing it out there as a mixture, but I'm very curious. So how does Andy and I are looking at you like you're insane. So you're going to have to sell us on this. Like, how do you, how is it served? Is it just like you drink a stout and you like eat an oyster or is like the oyster in the stout? Like, how does that work? Is it like the olive at the bottom of martini? You have to drink the whole stout and then you slurp the oh oyster at the end. Oh no, I don't. He know. doesn't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Maybe you just you say can get yes like you that. can get like the shooters. Like you can get like oyster like in like was it like oyster and vodka? Yeah, um, like where they pour a, a bit shooter. of it into the shell with the oyster and it and it sort of marinates. So oyster cells are are actually just brewed using actual oyster shells so i think my suggestion is is shooting an oyster like you typically do from the shell straight from the shell but pairing it with a stout to wash it down i'm sorry i'm gonna have to stick you to my (laughs) suggestion of putting the oyster at the bottom of the beer because that's a pairing not a mixture you're dropping that thing in the bottom yeah. You're gonna have a gonna, weird surprise, or, or at least pour <laughs> pour a little bit into the shell so it kind of sort of sits yeah. there. And, and yeah, marinates. I'm gonna call it technical. <laughs> I'm gonna be the ref on that one. That's a technical foul. All right, all right, fair enough. Well, I will, Rob. I'm concerned, but I might try it. Back to my earlier point: if you're not experimenting, we're not gonna find something new and great that we we all want to try. So let me do some experimentation here and come back to you guys with something that's going to work. However, as I start to do some quick internet research on this, I am realizing there's a lot out there right now. So I'd actually like to hear more from our our listeners. If you have a suggestion on how I can make this work, let me know because I could use some help on this one. I'm going to throw out a suggestion here. I'm going to throw a suggestion here. We all just do a mini episode of our suggestions on this lightning round. Yep. Yeah. Have fun, like Rob. <laughs> let's uh, let's hold let's hold each other accountable. Yeah. To the all decisions right. that were made. So I'll go next. Mine is going to be what I call the fruited West Coast IPA. Ooh. Which pretty simple here. I'm going to go with a 75% of a high IBU, nice and bitter West Coast IPA mixed with 25% of a fruited sour. I'm going to balance it out. You know, sometimes a fruited sour can be a little too much for the whole 16 ounces. I want to put just a little bit of that bad boy into a nice bitter West Coast IPA and see how that balances. Could not work out, but it sounds good to me. Did you, when you were thinking this through, did you have any like specific like fruits that you thought would pair well with that IPA? Fruits specifically, but I'm in my mind, it's a Drecker fruited sour. It's probably uh-huh. one of their brain series, which I think all of you guys have on deck. It's probably a, a Drecker brains mixed into a high IBU West Coast IPA. 
So can I throw out a, a quick, we will do this very quickly, a extreme lightning round of based on what we all just threw out, what would you go, if you had a choice of the four, what would you go with? Um, honestly, I'm between Andy and Wes, and I'm sort of leaning towards Wes's suggestion because I think the bitterness mixed with the fruit could be super interesting, uh, but would love to hear, uh, you know, really quickly just across the three of you, what, what you guys would go with. I'm, you can't pick for yourself. I'm going Andy for sure. That's just so interesting. I, Josh, yeah. I want yours as the dessert after it, though. Rob, I'm sorry. And Rob, to my defense and to your defense, I don't like oysters. So that helped that like you can explain yeah, why a, yours yeah. doesn't sound great to me just just a heads up yeah. I, i'm picking uh i'm picking josh's i think that the whiskey sour sounds interesting and, and palatable i'm a, I, I haven't had a drecker fruited sour so i don't know what that's like so i'm a little i'm a little wary of how that would pair with like a pretty like high bitterness west coast i'm a huge fan of west coast ipas but don't know how a fruited sour would play with that. So I think the safer option would be for me, the whiskey sour from Josh. All right, Rob. So I'm going with Andy's, uh, the BLT for sure. The, the beer salt rim plus that, Oh, that's really interesting. Bacon in the, in the glass just sounds amazing, but I have to use, because I've got the the microphone right now. I've, I've got to defend mine for a second. Oyster stout exists. (laughs) It's out there. Oyster stouts exist, but they're like an actual. It's an actual beer. beer. It's it's. It, you were supposed to it, come up with something. How that is it? Was it a current thing? You're supposed to mix a beer with something. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for the lightning round. Let's move on to the good, bad, and ugly beer thing of the week. What do you guys got for me? I'll jump in first. Um, my. It's a it's a good it's a good if not a great. Um, I'm actually traveling down to LA for this weekend to uh, visit with some friends, but also uh, to pick up some beer that we've been waiting on. So El Segundo has a new uh, visit El Segundo double IPA that just got released last week, and uh, my brother lives in LA, so I had him pick up my pre order as if. I lived in LA, so I will be <laughs> traveling down to pick that up and drink a few. Uh, drink a few, uh, but uh, you should be expecting that Beer Santa will deliver one of these to to each of you shortly. So I'm excited to go back down to LA. It's been a long time since I've been. I'm I'm hoping I can grab some other uniques and good beers to to drink and also bring back home and and maybe uh, send some out via Beer Santa. So that that's my good for the week. Beer Santa sounds awesome. He's like a good, good dude. Yeah, good, good dude. dude. Great guy. Great guy. Mine is also a good. I was just on vacation and spent some time in Cancun, Mexico, which is fantastic. Uh, it was an all-inclusive resort, and there was just nonstop Dos Equis just coming my way. And it, it's hard to, to hard to say anything other than it's certainly not a bad nor an ugly. It was uh, perfect weather, uh, great scene, and and uh, great service. So I was I was really appreciative and and just had a great time just checking in those those duck Dos Equis. 
Well, it sounds like a, a good time yeah. to to add some foam, but a bad time to yeah. uh, you know to boost those numbers a little bit of the uniques, I guess. I will happily accept that foam. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, my good uh, is basically Andy's good, which is uh, having lived in El Segundo for a few years. I am very much looking for forward to Beer Santa sending me um, the gifts that uh, that may be coming my way. Um, Honestly, the the other benefit, and, and I think you guys sort of figured it out based on the uh, first beer that I checked in, uh, but the uh, Russian River uh, randomly sort of delivering to the small town that I'm in um, is, is certainly a benefit. I got to try Mind Circus for the first time earlier today, um, which I had never had before, which is uh, hazy out of Russian River. Um, and then obviously the uh, the decent number of plenty of elders that just uh, emerged in our town. So that that's my good. I, I don't know if I could possibly top that with anything else. Yeah, it's pretty hard to beat, Josh. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. It's a, it's a rough life in the small town. That's a frustration for all the other three of us, but we're happy for you. We're happy for you. Yeah, so I, I'm going to stay on the good train. I'm just happy I was able to share a rent house, Wally, with you guys. And honestly... My good is more excitement to just continue to share them with you and just kind of keep this train going and see how you guys think the series is as it continues. Um, and that's just going to be really fun. Wes, no, totally. Thank you so much. The The continuation of the Wally series is, I think, something that uh, all four of us are, are definitely going to Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for episode 34. We're going to end this one how we always do. Peace. 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 Rob loves whales. Rob loves whales.